0: Welcome to our December 4th reading from our Joy to the World or The Weary World Rejoices Advent Guide. Today's reading falls under the portion of Advent that focuses on hope, the hope that comes only from Jesus. Our scripture passage today is from Isaiah chapter 9 verses 2 through 7 and here's what the word of the Lord says. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. They are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and to uphold it. With justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Today's devotion is called The Eternal Salvation and Kingdom of God and it was written by John Goldwater. Isaiah the prophet is given an incredible vision of the eternal salvation and kingdom that God will bring. God's fight will bring light to darkness, hope to gloom, and victory to defeat. All these wonderful transformations will be accomplished by his power and experienced by his people. God himself will accomplish all that he promises. In Isaiah eight nineteen through 22 the prophet describes those who have forsaken God and his word in favor of occult practices. This practice of abandoning God and seeking spirits, sages, philosophies, religions, sciences, theories, or just man-centered feelings and wisdom is still a practice prevalent in modern times. These twin sins of abandoning God and seeking others always and inevitably leads to darkness, hopelessness, and fruitlessness. And this is the backdrop into which God announces his eternal salvation and kingdom. Isaiah 9, 1-3 identifies the people in the place where God's great initiative will first impact the earth. Ground zero of God's great work will be in the northern section of Israel, Isaiah 9.1 says Zebulun and the land of Naphtali beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. These lands were devastated by the cruel Assyrian invaders and residents there suffered greatly. The people who described as distressed here, the lightly esteemed, the heavily oppressed, the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness and those who lived in death's shadow. It's just like God to take on the lowest people in toughest places during the darkest darkness so that his light and his glory will shine brightest. This mighty and gracious act of God is meant to be experienced by his people. The light of God's glory is meant to be seen and felt. They have seen a great light. Upon them, a light has shone. The bright future of those who put their trust in God will not be hidden forever. Eventually, the darkness will flee in the light of the brilliant dawning of God's saving power. God's brilliant victory over darkness brings an ever-increasing joy. Joy like a bountiful harvest, and joy like soldiers coming home from war will sweep away the years of want, suffering, and shame. Isaiah 9, 4 through 7, describe the perfect Savior and King in action. Verses 4, 5, and 6 all start with the word for to confirm that it is God alone who causes the victory. Therefore, it is to God alone to receive glory and honor. God will destroy the power of the enemy to oppress and burden his people. Just like the prophecy of Genesis 3.15, the special born son who will crush the head of the serpent implies there cannot be lasting peace if there is a lasting enemy. Like when God struck down the Egyptians and the Midianites, he again will break the power of his enemies. Furthermore, he brings an end to war itself. The uniforms and the gear used for war will become useless except for burning. This is all God's doing god's mission his fight is going to take place in close quarters and in the filth of this world the child born and the son given will be none other than the mighty god god the warrior and everlasting father these titles cannot rightfully and especially not biblically be addressed to any other being but god the one true god he will enter the fray and penetrate the darkness He will be king at his birth, and even his vulnerability is stronger than man's strength. His wisdom and counsel will be unstoppable because he is the wonderful counselor. The idea of wonderful here carries and describes that which is beyond human and worldly understanding. He is the prince, the ruler of peace. He manufactures peace like a car manufacturer makes cars. God, the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace, will both give his son and the child will be God with us, Emmanuel. Because of this mysterious, gracious, and glorious incarnation, the victory is assured. The loving governance that he brings will rest on his shoulders and will last forever. For those who hope for real justice and righteousness to rule this world, hold, it's coming. God will fulfill his promises through his son, Jesus. Jesus was born of the tribe of Judah and of the family line of David. Jesus is the child born. He is the son given. He is the word made flesh, and he is the personification of the zeal of the Lord of hosts. So take time this season to think about how wonderful it is that God himself, the perfect Savior and King, came to establish his eternal salvation and kingdom. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Our reflection questions for today are as follows. Here's number one. Reflecting back on Isaiah 9, verse 2, how does it describe the powerful impact of the light of Christ on places and people in darkness and despair? Number two, think on the titles and roles of Jesus in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. What do these titles tell us about who Jesus is?